want to share this composition for two reasons. One, it uses adjectives well. And two, it's clear the author paid attention to what she saw and what she was feeling, which is important for any writing. Self-Contained Underwater Breathing Apparatus by Leslie Burke. Leslie, why don't you read it for us? I'm moving gently forward over the wild and beautiful unexplored world below me. I'm floating in silence and breaking it up with the sound of my breath. Above me, there's nothing but shimmery light, the place where I have come from and will go back to when I am done here. I am diving. I'm a scoop diver. I'm going deeper past the wrinkled rocks and dark seaweed toward a deep blueness where a school of silver fish wait. As I swim through the water, bubbles burst from me, wobbling like little jellyfish as they rise. I check my air. I don't have as much time as I need to see everything. But that is what makes it so special. In our lives, we may have had a love that we didn't know was love. Oh, yeah. We may spend time in a world of our own with that love, blissfully ignorant to the fact that life isn't always going to be roses. It's true. And sometimes, you bash your head on a fucking rock and drown slowly as you passed out. Ooh. Anyways, this is the story of Bridge to Terabithia. This is Toys R Us. All of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, all of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, all of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Hello. Hi. Now welcome back to the Toys R Us podcast. Your weekly history lesson on a piece of your childhood that shaped you into who you are today, whether you know it or not. Indeed. My name is Richard Hunt, and with me as always is my cousin and co-host, Brian Muth. Hey, everybody. Brian. Yes, sir. This week, much like last month's book, we are going to discuss a book that is just absolutely devastating. It's true. And another book that slapped kids in the face with the absolute realness that is death. (laughs) Welcome to death, kids. Welcome to death. We will be talking about the bridge to Terabithia. That being said, are you ready to dive I am. Yeah. Are you ready to learn? (laughs) Perfect. We start our story on Halloween, 1932. Lightning sound effect, lightning sound effect. (laughs) Bats. (laughs) You gotta have the swarm of bats. In Qingjiang, China, we meet up with two Presbyterian missionaries... Reverend George Raymond and Mary Walmdorf. Walmdorf? Mary Walmdorf, yes. These two just welcome to the world a healthy baby girl, Catherine Walmdorf. Her father supported the family by preaching and heading Sutton 690, a boys' school. Mm. The Walmdorf family lived in a Chinese neighborhood and immersed themselves in Chinese culture. When Catherine was five years old, the family fled China during the Japanese invasion of 1937. Yeah, that was a bad time to be there. Not a good time. No. Her family returned to the United States on the onset of World War II. 
What <laughs> a great time to come back. Yeah. Patterson, which is her married name, has said that during World War II, her parents and four siblings lived in Virginia and North Carolina. And when her family's return to China was indefinitely postponed, they moved to various towns in North Carolina, Virginia, and West Virginia, before her parents settled in Winchester, Virginia. Mm. The Walmador family moved 15 times over a 13-year span. Fuck. That's rough. That is rough, man. That's enough to fuck up any kid. Yeah. Absolutely. Just as soon as you get your footing. Yeah. like, hey, uh, we gotta go. By the way, we're, uh... We're balancing. Yeah, we're pulling stakes here and we're getting out of here. What the fuck, dude? It's like, man, I just made these (laughs) friends. Do you know how hard that is? God. Uh, Patterson's first language was Chinese. She initially experienced difficulty reading and writing English. She overcame these challenges and in 1954 graduated summa cum laude with a degree in English from King College in Bristol, Tennessee. Not bad. Not bad at all. She then spent a year teaching at a rural elementary school in Virginia before going to graduate school. She received a master's degree from the Presbyterian School of Christian Education in Richmond, Virginia, where she studied, where she studied Bible and Christian education. Oh. Yeah, that's... I mean, it is what it is. Christian education seems like an oxymoron. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Patterson had hoped to be a missionary in China, but its borders were closed to Western citizens. A Japanese friend pushed her to go to Japan instead, where she worked as a missionary and Christian education assistant. While in Japan, Patterson studied both Japanese and Chinese culture, which influenced much, much of her subsequent writing. Hmm. She began her professional career in the Presbyterian Church in 1964 by writing curriculum materials for 5th and 6th graders. Wow, that was quite a while ago. Yeah. Hmm. In 1966, she wrote the religious education book, Who Am I? (laughs) That's an excellent question. Who are you? Yeah. While continuing to write, she was unable to get any of her novels published. After being persuaded, Pat- Patterson took an adult education course in creative writing during which her first novel was published. Her first children's novel, The Sign of the Chrysanthemum, was published in 1973. Okay. It is a work of historical fiction set in Japanese medieval period, and it is based on Patterson's studies in Japan. That sounds like fun. Right? Yeah. Bridge to Terabithia, her most widely read work, was published in 1977. Terabithia was highly controversial due to some of the difficult themes. Sure. It's still the most popular book she has ever written. She is currently vice president of the National Children's Book and Literary Alliance, uh, a non-for-profit organization that advocates for literacy, literature, and libraries. She lives in Bar, Vermont, and her husband, John Barstow Patterson, is a retired Presbyterian pastor who passed away in 2013. Oh. She has four children and several grand, er, seven grandchildren. That's a lot of grandkids. That's a lot of grandkids. That's a lot of nuts. That's a lot of nuts. On April 28, 2005, Patterson dedicated a tree in memory of Lisa Hill, her son David's childhood friend, who became the inspiration for Bridge to Terabithia, Ooh. to Tacoma Park Elementary School. Patterson still does school visits, but chooses to stick to schools that are close to her Vermont home. In 2006, she released Bread and Roses. She was inspired to write this book after seeing a photograph of 35 children taken on the steps of the Old Socialist Labor Hall uh, in Bar, 
caption, Children of Lawrence, Massachusetts, Bread and Roses Strike Come to Bear. Hmm. Yeah. She has written a play version of the story by Beatrix Potter, the tale of Jemima Puddle Duck. It was performed at the at a conference of the Beatrix Potter Society in Fresno, California in April 2009. In January 2010, she replaced John Sezekis as the Library of Congress National Ambassador for Young People's Literature, a two-year position created to raise national awareness of the importance of lifelong literacy and education. In 2011, she gave the annual Buckner Lecture at the Buckner Institute at her alma mater, King University. In 2013, she received the biennial Laura Ingalls Wilder Medal from the American Library Association, which which recognizes a living author or illustrator whose books published in the United States have made a substantial and lasting contribution to the literature for children. Citing Bridge to Terabithia in particular, the committee noted that Pattinson's unflinching yet redemptive treatment of tragedy and loss helped pave the way for uh, ever more realistic writing for young people. Which, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So, let's move on to that loss. Catherine Patterson lived for a time in Tacoma Park, Maryland, a suburb of Washington, D.C. Okay. The novel was inspired by a tragedy that took place at that time. On August 14, 1974, her son David's best friend, Lisa Christina Hill, died after being struck by lightning in the Bethany Holy Beach, fuck. Delaware. She was eight year old eight years old. Shit. Yeah. Fucked up. Man. Like and from accounts, she wasn't even like standing near the water. Oh really? Yeah, and like it it was like overcast but not like yeah. crazy so. Yeah. Fucking just, just fucking out another. Got her, yep. Yeah. It's fucked up, man. Um, the same year Lisa passed away, Catherine Patterson also had survived a cancer diagnosis. Oh, jeez. And she said in an interview that while writing the book, she felt that she was exploring her own morality as well. And of course, my children thought I was going to die. I didn't know if I would or not. So it really was a very difficult year. And I started writing the book to try to make sense of the death and stopped when I knew if I wrote the next chapter that Leslie would die. When I realized it was my own death I was going to have to look square in the face, I went back and finished the book. Dude, that is baller as fuck. Fucking heavy, dude. That is super heavy. The name of the imaginary kingdom is similar to that of the Narnian island Terabinthia, created by C.S. Lewis in oh. 1951 um, for Prince Caspian and the Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Patterson observed in 2005, I thought I had made it up. Then rereading The Voyage of the Dawn Treader by C.S. Lewis, I realized that I had probably gotten it from the island of Terabinthia in that book. However, Lewis probably got that for the Terabinth tree in the Bible, so both of us pinched from somewhere else, <laughs> probably unconsciously. Yeah. The novel makes a direct reference to the Chronicles of Narnia as a series of books that Leslie lends to Jess so he can learn how to behave like a king. Baller. In the novel Bridge to Terabithia, Patterson illustrates the life of an artistic young boy named Jess Aarons, and the burdens of the hardships of his home life, such as the duties on his family's farm, and the constant agitations and annoyances of his four sisters. He has straw-colored hair and long legs. Leslie Burke is an intelligent, wealthy girl who has just moved into the old Perkins place, down the road. He is initially cold toward her, after training all summer to become his class 
fastest runner, he is infuriated when she outruns him in a recess foot race. Ooh. Yeah. Man. Stings. Yep. We've all been there. We all have. Outclassed by the new kid. Yep. There's always that one new kid that you're like, motherfucker, who the fuck are you, dude? Yeah. The fuck out of here. It's true. After further negative experiences with classroom tormentors or rivals, including Gary Fulcher, Jess eagerly anticipates the arrival of music class due to his infatuation for its beautiful young teacher, Miss Edmonds, who in the movie is played by Zoe Deschanel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. However, on the day it begins, he discovers a fondness for Leslie. Eccentric and ostracized, and they develop a friendship. He marvels at the way she genuinely likes to read and write, not just to impress the teacher, and the way she makes running look beautiful and effortless. Not that he would actually say anything of the sort. (laughs) On a sunny day, Jess and Leslie use a rope swing to go over a creek, and they decide to design an imaginary sanctuary from the burdens and pains of everyday life. They reign as monarchs, calling their domain Terabithia, and constructing a small refuge in which their imaginary escapades took place. At school, Jess and Leslie are challenged by an older boy named Janice Avery, which is just like, okay. Right? Um, it's always a Janice. Always a Janice. Oh, an older bully. Not boy. Oh, okay. After she steals a package of Twinkies from Jess's younger sister, Maybell's lunch. They forge a romantic letter under the disguise of Willard Hughes, a boy Janice likes, setting her up for a misunderstanding. <laughs> that is so devious. It is. <laughs> so you fucking re-bully the bully. Yeah. Huh, that's what my dad always said. Punch the bully in the nose and the bully won't fuck with you. That's true. This is just a different form of punching the bully. Yeah. The plan is successful, exposing her to public mortification. Later, Leslie encounters her sobbing in the girls' bathroom, and it develops that her father beats her severely. Oh, jeez. And that this explains her difficulty relating to other people. She is upset since she had confided her troubles to her two best friends, and they had spread all the rumors throughout the school. At this, both Jess and Leslie develop sympathy and even the beginnings of a friendship with Janice. In the meantime, Leslie's bond with Jess also includes or also increases powerfully and they continue to indulge the pleasures derived from Terabithia, adopting a puppy named Prince Tarion, abbreviated to P.T. P.T.? Silent Hill. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's what it is. Continuation. <laughs> Hideo Kojima. She's <laughs> <laughs> a hardcore bridge to Terabithia fan. <laughs> God. One day in Terabithia, Jess complains about going to church for Easter, and Leslie asks if she can come. He is uncertain about her request and asks his mother about it. She reluctantly agrees and off they go. After the mass, Leslie inquires what happens if you don't believe in God. Maybell jumps in and claims that he would damn you to hell. They they look at her in shock and Jess tells her that God doesn't go around damning people to hell. At least we'd hope not. Otherwise we're fucked. Mm. You know what? Implying you give a shit. <laughs> On being invited to a trip to an art museum with Miss Edmonds, Jess accepts the offer without notifying Leslie or his parents beforehand. He tells his mother while she is half asleep. He enjoys it, but upon returning home, he is hor- horrified to learn that while he was away, Leslie attempted to visit Terabithia on her own and drowned in the creek when the rope broke and she hit her head on a rock. Uh, what's going on?
Your friend Leslie's dead. She drowned in a creek this morning. Apparently she tried to swing across on a rope and it broke. They think she hit her head. No, no, it, it, it's, it's not that kind of rope. It, 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 it couldn't break, it wouldn't have. But it did. I'm sorry, son. No, you're lying. She's not even dead, you're lying. Jess. <laughs> a shocked Jess, incapable of absorbing or accepting the impact or horror of the sudden death, denies his grief and even her uh, existence. It is implied that Jess is terrified that Leslie may be sentenced to internal damnation due to her doubts regarding religion. Jess's father reassures him, and his father in the movie is Robert Patrick. <laughs> oh, I love Robert Patrick. Yeah. Um... I think I might have to see this. It's a, it, it's, is it good? Yeah, it really fucking holds up. It's one okay. of these book movies that like is That's pretty solid. fucking faithful to the book. Yeah. Right. Uh, the father reassures him that God could not possibly be so unfair. After he miserably accepts the inevitability of Leslie's death, he is saddened even further by the grief exhibited by her mourning parents, who have decided to return to their previous home in Pennsylvania. Mm. Jess decides to pay tribute to Leslie by crafting a funeral wreath, bending a pine brought into a circle, leaving it on their special pine grove in Terabithia. He discovers a terrified Maybell halfway across the creek. Having attempted to follow him over the fallen tree, he used to get to Terabithia after the rope broke, and he assists her back. The Burks grant him some lumber from abbreviated renovations they are leaving behind, which he uses to build a more permanent, though rudimentary, bridge. He chooses to fill the void left by Leslie's death by making Maybell the new queen of Terabithia, permitting her to share his sanctuary, which had been Jess and Leslie's secret. Then he tells her to keep her mind wide open, and all the inhabitants of Terabithia welcome their new ruler. Mm. Two films have been made based on the novel, both of the original title. One was a PBS TV movie in 1885 starring Annette O'Toole, Julian Coots, and Julie Bulau. The second was a theatrical film released on February 16, 2007, directed by Gabor Kusp... Kusp? Right. Supo? Supo, yes. Uh, of Nickelodeon, Rugrats fame. Uh, it starred Joss Hutcherson, Anna Sophia Robb, Robert, oh. Pat- Robert Patrick, Bailey Madison, and Zoe Deschanel. The adaptation was written by David Patterson, which is Catherine Patterson's son. Oh, that's cool. Which had to have been like, oof. Yeah, right? Because it was written about his dead friend. And yeah. And it was screenplay, basically. It's like, Fuck. Oof. Well, um, I guess that kind of guarantees authenticity, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's fucked about this adaptation is that Anna Sophia Robb, yeah. who plays Leslie, yeah, has, like, a song that came out with a movie called Keep Your Mind Wide Open. Oh, shit. <laughs> what? Which, yeah, you know, he tells the little sister to keep your mind wide open, yeah. but it's like, don't have the woman who played the character that fucking cracked her fucking skull open and drowned oh, sing yeah. a, call, a song called Keep Your Mind Wide, wide open. open. You got to keep your mind wide open All the possibilities you got to live with your 
Big yikes. The original novel was based on those events in her son's life. And when he asked his mother if she could write the screenplay of the novel, she agreed in part because of his ability as a uh, playwright. Production began in February 2006, and the film was finished by November. Principal photography was shot in Auckland, New Zealand within 60 days. Film editing took about 10 weeks, while post-production, music mixing, and visual effects took several months. This was Michael Chapman's last film as cinematographer before his retirement. Mm. They used the Weta Studio. Really? Yeah. Because it was like creature designed. Okay. So, like, the reason they shot in New Zealand was to use Weta. That's baller. Which... Why the fuck not? Seriously, man? if you can get Weta, that, use that's, Weta. That's on my like my bucket list of places I really want to fucking go. Yeah. Um, and Terabithia was released to positive reviews. Critics called it a faithful adaptation of the novel and found dynamic visuals and natural performances further enhanced the imaginative film. It was nominated for seven awards and won five of them at the Young Artist Awards. Boom. It made $138 million against a budget of 25 So, fucking big time. Big time, big time. A musical stage adaptation supported by a lyrical score entitled The Bridge to Terabithia is listed for sale on stageplays.com, credited to Patterson and Stephanie S. Tolan, another children's writer. It was cataloged by the Library of Congress in 1993 with primary credit to Steve Liebman for the music as Bridge to Terabithia, a play with music. You know who else deserves a play with music? Tell me. I was fancy. Yeah. Institutions have constantly challenged and censored British to Terabithia over the years. From 1990 to 1999, it ranked number 8 on the American Library Association's list of most banned and challenged books. Oh, dang. Yeah. Reasons for challenging the book include its use of profanity, as well as the alleged promotion of occultism and atheism. Oh, come on. <laughs> Some believe the real reason for the censorship is the frank, un- uncompromising way British to Terabithia discusses death and grief. Makes sense. Due to the fact that there are no squirrels in New Zealand, all squirrel shots were either pre-recorded or digitally edited. <laughs> Digital squirrels. Digital squirrel sounds like a punk band. It does. Like a synth pop punk yeah. band? At least yes. they didn't, like, ship in squirrels. Oh, God. Like, as an invasive species. Yes. Holy shit. Uh, when Anna Sophia Robb heard of the film being made... She wrote a letter to the director expressing her love and enthusiasm for one of her favorite books. This letter effectively won Rob the part of Leslie. He's like, okay, we can kill this guy. It was originally meant for Dakota Fanning. Okay. But they got Anna Sophia Rob, which I think... I think it's a better choice. Yeah, it's a better fit. And uh, no knock against Dakota Fanning, no. but I think that Anna Sophia Rob is a better choice. Yeah. Better fit. The music video that Ellie tells Brenda... At around 14 minutes into the movie, they watched the day before, is Say Anything's Alive with the Glory of Love. <laughs> Which is a fucking just... It's a very bleak song. Yeah, it's you've never heard it, it's like a love song that takes place during, like, the fucking, like, Gestapo on, like, World War Two, like, Jewish. I'm like... Yeah. Like, fuck, dude. It's like, Jesus. No! I won't let them take you! 
the first this is the first and only Disney feature film featuring the permanent death of a major child's character. Oh fuck. Yeah. Um a rock band from Texas called The Sour Notes was inspired by the story to write a song entitled Leslie Burke. <laughs> the song is part of the band's debut EP, The Meat of the Fruit, that was released in 2008. According to UrbanDictionary.com, Ooh, once, here we go. Once a popular children's book, Bridge to Terabithia now refers to the area of flesh linking the scrotum and the anus. In other words, the male version of a woman's Bridge of Bethel. <laughs> also known as the taint. Yes. Or gooch. You ain't be crossing my Bridge to Terabithia if you ain't paying the tolls preceding the journey. <laughs> <laughs> and when she asked why she used swear words in Bridge to Terabithia, Catherine responded, Justin, That's a good Justin, Justin, his father, talked like the people I knew that lived in that area. I believe that it is my responsibility to create characters who are real, not models of good behavior. Fucking A. If Justin and his dad are to be real, they must speak, act, and behave like real people do. I have a lot of respect for my readers. I do not expect them to imitate my characters, simply to care about them and understand them. Fucking A, man. Yeah. And when asked if she'd ever write another story about Jess... She had this to say. No. I feel strongly that Jesse has earned his privacy. Fuck yeah. Which is good, man. That is you good. can't stand up for your fictional characters. Fictional characters. <laughs> Who else can you stand up for? It's true. You know? Yeah. And with that, we come to another end of a wild ride here at Toys R Us. Indeed. Another uh, wild swing on the rope. You know what I mean? Ooh. Very fucking sad. That is sad. Fuck. Which, fuck, man. This is a sad month. Yeah. Because next week's episode is Homeward Bound. We're <laughs> 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 really cranking it up here. Everybody grab your tissues. Oh, man. Big time. Get your hankies out. If you like what you heard and you like what you learned, you can consider doing the following. You can follow us on all social media. We're at Toys R Us Podcast across the board. You can leave us a review on any podcast platform that allows you to do so. And you can become a patron by heading on over to patreon.com slash Toys R Us Podcast. Remember, if you're making a movie based on a book where a child dies by hitting their head on a rock and drowning, maybe don't release a single called Keep Your Mind Wide Open. Yeah. Bad idea. I remember you will always be a Toys R Us kid. <laughs> I'd like to take the time out to thank our patrons. We couldn't do this without you. So, thank you to Jeremy, Jessica, Nicole, Amy, Nicole, Nicole, Juanita, Sabrina, Shannon, and Steven. Thanks a bunch, guys. To Terabithia. <laughs> <laughs>